Well, I wanted to open up with a brief passage of scripture here in Philippians. I kind of have everything just printed out. If you guys want to chase me in your Bible, um, you can tonight. Philippians 1 is where I'm going to read from. Verse 3 starts out, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I'm starting here in the book of Philippians because there's an essential truth here that I need a reminder of every time that I have opportunity to share my story. You see, each of us has a story, all our own. It isn't necessary, it isn't, it isn't anyone else's story, it doesn't look or sound like anyone else's story. It's uniquely our own. Yet, this passage in Philippians reveals that if we belong to God, it isn't merely or entirely our own story. For on the day that he adopted us, our story became more about him than about us. On the day I confessed my sinful rebellion and asked Jesus to forgive me, and help me follow him with my life, God began a good work in me. And today I'm here to tell you a little bit about the as yet unfinished work of God in my life. That work began around 24 to 26 years ago or so. I don't really remember things in chronological order, so I don't remember the exact year that I surrendered my life to Christ. I remember the moment. Um, but growing up, my family frequented the Catholic Church. There I learned in a ritualistic environment a lot about sin, a lot about Jesus, but I had no desire to follow him and obey him. But through my brother Chris's involvement in my life, God opened my eyes to see the extent of my rebellious heart. Chris took me to a youth rally where I confessed my sinful rebellion and surrendered my life to Jesus. I can pause here for a moment and tell you a little bit about, about who I am and, and my, my character, because this will help you understand later. Um, I am a slow learner. Okay, So when the lesson involves anything about my spiritual maturity, my growing in humility or trust or biblical love or obedience, really any sort of applicational life lesson, trust me, it takes me a while. And though there are many different aspects of God's work in my life that I could share, I've chosen to follow the thread of, okay, I, I, I used thesaurus.com to come up with this alliteration, so you have to let me know what you think. The thread of stubborn, self-sufficient sinner learns stillness in her supremely long-suffering and all-sufficient Savior. You got that? Yeah. Oh, well. Is, is my attempt. This is not a sermon. It's about my story, but I, I figure alliterations, Bible college, you know, it works. Okay, so Proverbs 69 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I have always been a planner. Um, <laughs> so yes, Larissa, your, your bunny trails, it, it, it did take me a lot of patience to, to work through those because I, I had a plan for our discipleship time. But I've always been a planner. After high school, I had the next eight years of college figured out. But after one year and about $7,000 in debt, that was over. My next plan was about four years long and, and maybe even a career in the military. I made it about eight months. Another failed plan. You see a pattern starting to unfold? So 
So fueled by a desire for a different result, for the first time I consulted the Lord about my plan. It was to move out to Montana. Although I was not really sure for how long or for what reason, in June 1998, I rolled into Bozeman. I was following the path of my sister and her family who had moved out two years before. The Lord blessed this plan, but don't think that I learned my lesson yet. Remember, I'm, I'm not that quick. But the Lord was directing. The next plan was no more, mere four or eight year plan. The next plan was a lifelong plan. It was marriage. And I was ready to plan out his and my life. My plan was to marry this best friend I had found, and I thought that was the missing piece of my life, the missing piece of Jenny's story, a husband. However, my new plan slowly began to unravel. God's direction in my life did not lead me to become a missus. God's plan was for Christ to become my husband, my best friend. Proverbs 16.9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So God's directing in my life thus far had not been without pain. And this pain, the pain of losing something so dear, and in many ways so good, was more intense than I had felt before. My good and graciously heavenly Father knew what I didn't at that time. He was a much better husband. He was a much better best friend than any I could ever meet here on earth. As I surrendered my plan with an open hand, Slowly, he began to show himself to be just that. A very close and intimate relationship with my creator and savior was the missing piece of Jenny's story. So looking ahead with no immediate plan, a little fear and trepidation there on, on, on my part, I began getting involved in discipleship at Grace Bible Church. This was my first real home church, and before this, I hadn't really had consistent Bible teaching or a lot of godly relationships in my life. So I started growing. I grew in my understanding of knowing who God was and um, my knowledge of his word. A newfound joy entered my life, a joy of serving others rather than being more concerned about my own comforts and needs, a joy found in pouring my life out in service to God rather than in worldly pursuits. But this didn't stop my planning. Discipleship and good teaching got me into God's word on a consistent basis, and I was hooked. I developed a passion for the Bible over the next few years, which led me to my next plan. My church's annual missions conference was the highlight of my year. Every year, we got to hear from all of what God was doing across the globe. Travel excited me, adventure excited me, new plans excited me. Uh, as my love for God's word grew, my turmoil over its void in many foreign tongues also grew. I felt sure that I should go and translate the Bible. I felt sure that, that there was a language somewhere out there that, that God wanted me to translate the Bible into. Full-time tribal missions was my next plan. And again, if any of you know anything about that, that is also a lifelong plan. So I was ready for a challenge. I was ready to do something so few people have ever done. I was ready to go. Surely that's what God was asking me. All the missions conference speakers were asking it. Would I be willing to give up everything and go? Yes, with a capital Y. This is where MBC entered my life. I had taken a class here and there over the years to learn more about God's word, but now I planned, as I prepared to go overseas, to, 
to spend some more concentrated time uh, learning before I entered this Bible translation plan. I began taking full classes, full-time classes, including Greek here at NBC. I was preparing for this new plan. I also began applying for a missions organization. I did a short-term missions trip to whet my appetite for my new future, and I was, I was ready. I was charging straight ahead on what simply had to be God's plan in his direction for me. I was releasing my grasp on marriage and my own comfort. I was, I was saying yes to the invitation of so many mission speakers and the very invitation of God to go. I was ready to get serious with God, just me and him, conquering linguistic mountains, surviving jungle hardships. I, I had it all planned out. You guys know what's coming next. Tribal missions and Bible translations turned out to be another one of Jenny's plans that God did not see to fruition. God directed me by closing the door to my missions plans. This redirection of the Lord hit pretty hard. I mean, what, what more could I, what I, could I give God and could I sacrifice and be willing to give up? I couldn't understand why serving the Lord with my life would disintegrate this wonderful plan right in front of my eyes. Surely I was letting God be my husband and best friend. Surely I was following him right across the ocean. I was going. Uh, surely I was answering the call. Surely I was listening to God. Surely I was listening. I'm going to pop over to Psalm 37. If any of you guys are following me. All right, Psalm 37, verse 5 and verse 7a say, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Was I resting? Was I waiting? I think I use the words charge, charging straight on ahead. Um, here at this point in my life, more fully than ever before, my eyes were opening to how much security I was putting in my plans. I had control over my life when I was following my well-thought-out plans. God began teaching me that he was in control and that he wanted me to recognize, to acknowledge, and to submit to that truth. It wasn't about my well-reasoned and extensive plans. God was directing my steps. And life would be a whole lot easier if I would recognize, acknowledge, and submit to that truth. I began to see what God's direction looked like in my life. Picture walking straight up a mountain peak. You know, so, so I don't get too off track here. So you're walking straight up the mountain peak. You've got your goal. You've got the mountain in your distance. And as you hike, all of a sudden you see another trail open up along the side. And you're like, whoa. I couldn't see the trail from over there, but as I turn onto this new path, I might find great blessings like amazing views. I might find a fresh spring to drink from. I might find deliciously ripe huckleberries to munch on, a beautiful waterfall. If I had just stubbornly kept my eye on that peak as that's my goal, that's my plan, I can't deviate from it, then I miss the blessings that God had for me in the other paths. And and so that was something I was, I was starting to learn. 
Um, I'm a little bit of a visual person, if you haven't been able to tell. I, and, I, and I like the mountains. So many good lessons up there. You guys are in the outdoor discipleship. I think that probably would have been the major I would have chosen had it been here when I was here. But So let me say for a moment, I didn't become critical of planning at this point in my life. There's nothing wrong with planning. There isn't, in, in, that, in that proverb in, in chapter 16, it, it, it's not a negative thing that a man plans his way. But I was learning from James, or I, I did learn from James 4, so I'm going to head next, that there's a correct way to plan and an incorrect way to plan. James 4, in the middle or end of that chapter, James says, Now, come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. I began learning that at all times, my plan should be held loosely. Think of, think of a, some fragile, fragile vase or some fragile flower. God's direction may change those plans as he wills. And my confidence and security should never be in my plans or in my control of my life but in the one who directs and the one who wills for his purposes. I need to learn how to be still and to wait. So God redirected me away from the mission field. After quite a bit of prayer, I visited the offices of some MBC faculty and staff trying to determine where was God directing. I wasn't interested in, in creating another five-year plan. I wasn't going to switch to a different mission organization. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to wait. I wanted to be still. I wanted to listen. So the short of it is I, I began pursuing a degree in biblical counseling here at NBC. Um, and I've, I've got some time, so I, I didn't necessarily print this out, but I'll, I'll kind of go over this a little bit because this is kind of interesting. Um, one of the things that, that I've, I've learned is is how, also how personally self-righteous I can be. Um, I didn't grow up in the church per se, but as I, I was a rule follower, I was a planner. So I was going to do things right. You know, I, I had an idea in my life about what that looked like. Biblical counseling, in my mind, when I started out on that path, was you meet with people who are, you know, maybe struggling a little bit with discipline in their life. They might have a little bit of issue with their speech, you know, maybe they have a hard time getting up and have their quiet times in the morning. It, it was a very, it, it was a very vanilla, very, very unexciting pursuit. I, I thought counseling was in the church, you know, you just, you just dealt with little church Sunday problems. Um, this person isn't serving on Sunday, let's see how we can encourage them and help them serve, whatever. I, I had a very twisted, very self-righteous view of what counseling was. I was not interested in getting my hands dirty in messy situations. I didn't want to deal with intense sin. I didn't want to deal with things that were difficult. And through the process of my school here, God really pointed those things out to me. He said, if you want to serve me, if you want to help me, if you want to um, minister for me in counseling, you're going to have to get your hands wet. You're going to have to 
get involved in people's lives that are messy, whether it be by other people's sin and, and evil against them or by their own choices in sin. And, and so I had, a, I had a very, even within my Bible college time here in, in biblical counseling, I kind of had a crossroads that I came to because as my plan was, was this nice and neat and, and very clean and, and predictable and, and easily planned out path of biblical counseling. But um, God started to turn that upside down on its head. And so again, even through counseling, going through the studies itself, um, there were things that I had in my mind and, and, and planning that, that I had to have corrected. And, and you'll see how this kind of fits in a little bit later. So at this point, I'm, I'm pursuing biblical counseling at NBC. You might think, oh, she learned her lesson. She's got this all figured out. Understanding what planning is. Um, she just followed God's direction from then on and, and, and served happily ever after. No, not quite. Um, so since then, there have been a lot more lessons, like that one I described and some few other things. And if, if you walked with God for a little while, you realize he doesn't use kind of the, he doesn't, he doesn't use the same timeline or, or work in the same way in your life all the time. He, he mixes it up. And so lessons that you've learned, the next lesson you're going to get is going to be a lot different. And, and of course, did I mention I'm a slow learner? Yeah, so I was, I was still learning. That's why I started with Philippians 1. He is going to complete the work he's begun, and I'm thankful for that. So after graduating with my bachelor's degree from NBC in 2012, and just to, to illustrate the point even further, it was nine brief years after I took my first class here at NBC, um, I was accepted for an internship at Vision of Hope, which is a residential treatment center for women in Lafayette, Indiana. Um, what an amazing 18 months of working with these women who struggled with disordered eating, habits of self-harm, enslavements to drug and alcohol, and unexpected pregnancies. God used this experience to sanctify and grow me in ways I never could have imagined. I saw the Bible that I loved pour forth answers to the most challenging of life circumstances as it was wielded by very wise and skilled servants of Christ. I witnessed the Holy Spirit transformed withered and recoiling victims of unspeakable evil into radiant lamps lit with the joy of the Lord. I marveled as it hardened and sinner, seasoned sinners would melt under the undeserved mercy and grace just pouring down on them from Christ's cross. I rejoiced as my own view of God expanded beyond all its previous borders. Talk about a spiritual mountaintop, huh? Well, learning to discern God's direction next came in the form of deciding, am I going to return to Bozeman or am I going to stay in, kind of not necessarily in the internship, but in Indiana to continue to learn more about counseling? God used MBC for direction in my life once again as he opened up a part-time employment opportunity here at the college, and that drew me back west. What a joy, a true joy it has been over the last year or so to work with and alongside the persons whom God has used so greatly in my life at this school. Wow. What a blessing it is to be able to, to serve them and serve God in this setting again. Upon returning to Bozeman, my next step has been 
counseling for Grace Bible Church and pursuing my counseling certification. And I will tell you, I'm the first person to say I don't know what my future plans look like. I'd be lying if I said I haven't made plans or don't have at least a few scenarios running through my head. But I have learned and am learning to hold those plans very loosely. It has become readily apparent to me that walking by faith requires much humility and prayer. It requires great flexibility and daily time in God's word, followed by obedience to it. And though it may be very uncomfortable at times for my stubborn and self-sufficient flesh, those are the things that I strive for as I focus my gaze upon my supremely long-suffering and sufficient Savior. I want to read um, some of my favorite verses in Scripture from Psalm 84. And when I tell you, this whole psalm is amazing. It, it's the, the psalm where we get the song, Better is One Day. And, um, yeah, the whole psalm is just amazing. And, and I love the, just the, the coupling and the contrast here in these last couple of verses. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. 